Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. It's always good to have your Bible in the house of the Lord. In the book of Ephesians chapter 6, we're going, then we'll be going to Revelation 2, and then back to Hebrews 4, and try to tie all that together. Amen. The book of Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 17. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. In Revelation chapter 2 and verse 12, as the Lord writes a letter to Pergamos, he describes himself in this way. To the angel of the church in Pergamos write these things, saith he which hath the sharp sword with two edges. The sharp sword with two edges. Then Hebrews chapter uh, 4 and verse 12, a familiar passive scripture. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Pearson even divided asunder of the soul and the spirit and the joints of the marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So tonight we're going to be teaching for a little while then we'll be going to prayer but I want to talk to you about the two-edged sword. The two-edged sword. Say that with me. The two-edged sword. Heavenly Father, we love you today and we thank you, God, for your word. We pray, God, that it would be alive to us in our, li- our daily life. We know that it is already alive, but we need to appropriate it to ourself and to our daily life. And we give you praise in the mighty name of Jesus. Let everybody say, Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. The sword that is depicted here, especially in the book of Hebrews, is the Roman sword. It's not a long sword, it's more of a shorter sword, but it looks like a dagger and it has two edges on it. It was between somewhere between six, the blade would be between six and eight inches in length. The Romans were skilled swordsmen, and the sword was known as the sword that conquered the world. In an army as organizationally complex as the Roman army, physical conditioning and stress 
was not just simply something that they could ignore, so they had to condition themselves with their military skill, with special training and special intelligence to fight in their wars. The training of the Roman soldier was necessitated in a large degree so that they could use their forces with great intricate formations of their infantry, positioning themselves in a tremendous way. The Roman soldier lived and breathed and moved with his sword. He, he, it became the extension of his own body. In 105 BC, the Roman army adopted the training methods later used by uh, professional athletes in the gladiator schools because it was so regimented and intense. They needed to know their sword. They needed to be trained with their sword. Their sword was their main weapon. As a matter of fact, Paul said, take unto you the sword of the Spirit. That means take it up to use it. The Word of God is not fruitful unless we use it. Amen. The phrase here, take it up, is a sense of permanency. Take the sword. Make it your own. Keep it. Don't discard it, but keep it with you. The Word says that we must take up the sword of the Spirit. We need to be in possession of things that we can fight against the enemy. We better know our weapon today so when we come against the spirit of the enemy, we can stand in this hour. Notice it is said to be the sword of the spirit. Everybody say the sword of the spirit. It's not my sword, so this is not my word. This is not your sword. Amen. This is not your word. It's not even the church's sword. It's not the sword of good works. It's not the sword of holiness. But it is the sword of the Spirit. In the Word of God, there are, in the New Testament, there are two primary Greek words that are used to demonstrate the Word of God. There's a third one, but it's not very used very much, and so we won't get into that. But... We find that Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Anybody remember what that word inspiration means? God breathed. It is God's breath. That means it comes alive. Amen. The scripture is given by Inspiration, it comes alive by the breath of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. The Word of God is known primarily as the Greek word logos. That's where we have in John 1, chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word or the logos, and the Word, logos, was with God and the Word was God. Logos is the expression of thought as embodying an idea or a concept. 
Collectively, the Bible is the Word of God. It is the thoughts of God. It is the ideas and the expressions of God that he has compiled by divine inspiration into what we call the Bible, the Word of God, the Word of God. Logos refers to the whole of everything God has said and God has revealed through Scripture. Amen. The Logos refers to the overall message of God's Word. How many know that it is true that you can read Revelation and you can read through all the way to all the way back to Genesis, back to Revelation, and you will find the consistency of God's word. Amen. It's so remarkable when you consider it was written over a 1,500-year period. Amen. The word logos. But when it came to the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, the Apostle Paul did not use the word logos. But he used another Greek word known as rhema. Rhema. When he said the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, it is rhema. Rhema is the spoken word of God or that which has been uttered by a living voice. Rhema refers to a specific word that is spoken to a specific need. Amen. Logos is the message or the written word, and rhema is the specific declaration that God has given for a need. So when God wanted to describe the, the sword of the Spirit, he did not use the word logos, but yet he used and breathed into to, uh, uh, Paul's pen the word rhema. Amen. That means a spoken word of revelation. A spoken word of revelation. If you and I are going to defeat the enemy in this hour, if we're going to stand against the Antichrist spirit, if we're going to deal with Satan just as Jesus dealt with Satan, it is going to take knowing the word of God and then having a rhema word of revelation that we can begin to speak. And as we speak it, it goes into attack mode against the enemy. The word of God is your weapon in this hour. The word of God is the tool against the, the enemy. Amen. Using the sword of the Spirit and deploying the sword of the Spirit is that when you get a revelation word from God and the Bible becomes alive to you and you get a revelation word you then speak that word into that specific situation for that specific need. Amen. We have, we have been taught and we have taught throughout the years praying the word. How many know you can pray the word? But when that word is based on not just something that you read, but it's based on the revelation. Well, what is a revelation? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. When you see and understand that there's only one God, that he is not divided into three persons, that he is not a, 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 a polytheistic group of gods, but there is one God. When you get the revelation of the mighty God in Christ, then all of a sudden you begin to pray different and use the word differently. When you get the revelation of the name of Jesus and that we pray in the name of Jesus and all heaven must receive the name of Jesus, 
Jesus. And, and demons tremble at the name of Jesus. When you get the revelation, then all of a sudden that's when you can begin to use the sword of the Spirit to defeat the enemy. Hallelujah. We find that the Bible has said here that the, the sword is a two-edged sword. Two-edged. Everybody say two-edged. What is the two-edged sword? I believe that it is spirit and word. I believe it's spirit because it's said to be the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Amen. Something powerful happens when the spirit of God comes upon your life and reveals the word to you. When you get a revelation of the word of God. Amen. You're walking into a rhema experience that God can help you in a specific situation. How many of you have quote scripture at the devil? Yeah? Hallelujah. And you believe that, that, that just like Jesus said, it is written, Satan, it's written. It is written. Hallelujah. It is written. Revelation comes by the Spirit that comes on the Word. Look with me at 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 7. 1 Corinthians 2 and 7. Paul writes, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto glory, unto our glory, which none of the princes of the world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Somebody say, The devil's not as smart. As I give him credit for. All right? Had they known it, had had they known it that they would not have crucified the Lord of glory, but as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither hath it entered in the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God, look at this, hath revealed. They have re, he has revealed them unto us. By His Spirit. The Spirit of God brings revelation to us. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of man save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God. I just got a word this past week from a pastor, and, and he was telling me how his daughter had gone to the university, and, 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 and she had gotten a degree in psychology from a major university. And when she graduated, at some point after that, she got married, and she said to her mom and her dad, said, listen, I got to go find myself because I don't know, after going to college and after going to university, she got to go find herself because she doesn't know if there really is a God. The world has a spirit, and it will bring not revelation, but deception. But the Holy Ghost of God brings revelation. 
reveals and uncovers. But the spirit of the world brings covering up and hiding and, and hiding truth and, and burying truth. But we need the revealed word of God to come by the spirit of the word of the Lord, the spirit of God. Verse 13. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. That's why a lot of people can read this book. They can read this book, but they don't get it. Because it's got to be spiritually Discern, not fleshly, uncovered. Amen. The Spirit and the Word work together to bring revelation. Genesis 1 tells us that the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters and God said, let there be light and there was light. You find the Spirit of God speaking or the Word of God speaking and the Spirit of God moving. And what happens? Creation. When you get to the place that you're fighting a battle that you can't fight any other way, I want to encourage you today, let the Holy Ghost come down on the Word in your life. It's why we've got to be in the presence of God. That's why we pray. That's why we seek the Lord. That's why we come to the house of God. Because we're going to worship in the presence of the Lord so that the presence of God can come down on the Word of God and then I can swing my two-edged sword. And defeat the enemy. Again, the illustration that we have used many times is about the baptism of Jesus Christ. That, that the Bible said that when he went down to the water and straightway when he come up out of the water, they saw the heavens open and the spirit like a dove descending upon him. And there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. There again, you find the Word going in the water and the Spirit coming on the Word and the voice of revelation began to speak. The reason a lot of people struggle with, with externals and holiness is they have yet had a voice of revelation that come from the Word of God that was a two-edged sword of the Spirit and the Word working together. But when you get the revelation, how many of you have ever had, to, ever had a moment where you had, aha, I get that. I see that. Because the Spirit of God comes down on the Word. Revelation, Rhema Word, is my sword of the Spirit. It is the two-edged sword. Amen. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, is the author and the expounder of the Word. It's also the Spirit is the revelation of the Word. Amen. In Matthew 4 and 4, he, he said to Satan, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. And that is the Greek word rhema. Man shall not live by, every, by bread alone, but by every revealed word. You can spout scripture left and right and it will do no good. Without the Holy Spirit coming down on it in Revelation, that's why people can speak the word and devils don't flee. 
But when you speak the word and it is a rhema word, a declared word, that is a revealed word, all of a sudden Satan's got to stop and say, "Mm -mm, I got to back away. Why? Because that is a word that is based on faith and not on just knowledge alone. Isaiah 55 and 11. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. Hallelujah. Thank God for his word today. Thank God for his word today. We need to hear the spirit and what he's speaking to the churches when it comes to the revelation of the word of God. There's a lot of people that want to be relevant and they want to make sure the word is relevant. We don't need to be relevant. We need revelation because revelation will make us automatically relevant. Can you thank the Lord today for revelation? Hallelujah, that is your two-edged sword. We need to hear from the, the word of the Lord today. Amen. The Lord said, it is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. He said, but the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. They are spirit and they are life. The psalmist said, concerning the works of men, by the word of thy lips... I have kept me from the path of the destroyer. Your word has helped me, Lord. Your word has been with me, Lord. I thank God for the revelation of the word and the two-edged sword of the Spirit and the word working together. One of the greatest needs of the people of God today is to know the rhema, master voice of God, the master's voice as he reveals himself to us, and then we obey. And then we obey. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they will follow me. I, my sheep know my voice. Amen. He also told a group of Jews, he said, uh, he that is of God heareth God's word. Ye therefore hear them not, because you are not of God. When you get a revelation of truth and understanding, then obedience comes after that. It's not just a word that is just based on knowledge, but it is based on the Holy Ghost coming on the word. That's where the battle is won. That is where the battle is won. The word of God is valuable. In the days of Samuel, the Bible said that the word was precious because it was, it was not being listened to. It was not being received. But God still spoke in the middle of a chaotic, dead church. He spoke in a situation where paganism had taken over the worship of the people of Israel. But here is Samuel, and he hears a word from God. Amen. And finally, Samuel says, Here am I, Lord Amen. Speak, for thy servant is listening. I would 
to God that in this hour that we're living in and the battle that we are facing and the fight that we are occurring right now, the battle we are fighting in right now, that there would be people that would say, I hear the voice of the Lord. I hear the voice of the Lord over the media. I hear the voice of the Lord over the cries of the Antichrist movement of the day. I hear the voice of the Lord above the paganism. I hear the voice of the Lord above what all the world is saying. And when, when that got into Samuel's heart, look at 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 19. Samuel grew, and notice this line, and the Lord was with him, and what did he do? He did let none of his words fall to the ground. That didn't mean he wasn't going to drop the scrolls. He was, he was going to make sure that that word was still precious and still valuable I'm not going to let it down. I, I, I don't want to let a message go by. I don't want to let a service go by. I know it's Tuesday night. I know you may be tired. I know you may be battling things in your life. But just get a word in you. Just one word from this message tonight. Just one scripture from this message tonight can change your life tomorrow. If you'll let revelation come on the word and then a rhema word begin to speak out, that is the sword of the spirit. That is the two-edged sword. When the saint of God uses a specific word from God to speak directly to a situation, then that is a rhema word. And it may only be one word. Sister Gill shared in, in, in Tennessee the miracle of the Lord healing her of cancer. And she shared the story of the Lord speaking to her in the doctor's office. And... Uh, she honestly thought it was the doctor talking to her. And when she responded, he looked up and said, huh? And, and it wasn't the doctor's voice. It was the Lord's voice. And in that time of great storm and trouble, here's what the Lord said to her. Do you trust me? You know what that was? It was a rhema word of faith. It'll take you through things. It can only be a, a short sentence. It may be a word or two. But if you'll get a hold of it, it'll, it'll be your weapon in the greatest battles of your life. You don't have to quote a bunch of scriptures. You don't have to know a, 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 a lengthy chapter. You don't have to. You, you, if you've got one, one word, man shall not live by bread alone, by every word that comes out of the mouth. And Lord, if you'll speak one word of revelation to me, I'll grab a hold of it and win the victory. This is how we fight our battles. This is how we pray. This is how we find the victory in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. amen. I want to go to the book of Acts chapter 4 and verse 29. Something powerful happens when the Spirit and the Word come together. Acts 4.29 And now, Lord, behold their threatenings. And granted to they had told them, said, Don't preach anymore in the name of Jesus. Behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servant that with all boldness that we may speak the word, thy word, but stretch forth thy hand to heal. By stretch forth, stretching forth thy hand to heal, 
and that signs and wonders may be done in the name of the holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak. They spake the word of God with boldness. The place was shaken. They were all filled with the Spirit, and they began to speak the word with boldness. I want to tell you, the day that we don't covet the presence of the Lord and a move of God in our church and in our life is the day that the rhema word dies for us. If we don't covet the presence of the Lord when we worship with all of our heart, when we come into the presence, I, it doesn't matter when it is or what it is going on. We ought to pursue after the presence of God. At home, we ought to pursue after the presence of God because it's the presence of the Lord that comes in and brings to us revelation on the Word of God. Hallelujah. That is very important that we have it. I'm going to go back to a verse in my notes, Romans chapter 10 and verse 8. But what saith if the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is the word of faith, the word of faith which we preach. And, and then he goes on to explain some more details about that. But I want to jump to verse 17 of Romans chapter 10. And we get this familiar passive scripture that we quote and certainly should continue to do it. But let's look at it a little differently. So then, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Just because somebody reads this doesn't mean they get faith. Just because somebody hears a preached message doesn't mean that they get faith. But when the Spirit of God comes on the Word of God, then faith is produced in our life. You say, Pastor, I need more faith. Well, you can read this book until you're blue in the face. But if you'll read it and say, Holy Ghost, reveal it to me. Spirit of God, show me. And let the Lord open up the word to you. Then all of a sudden, the next thing you'll find flying into your soul is faith. Faith rises when we have the two-edged sword operating in our life. And that is the Spirit of God coming on the word of God. Will you stand with me, please? I want to invite you today, those of you that can, let's come to the front to pray. Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 9, something that is an incredible and powerful statement. No doubt he's writing with shackles on his hands and feet. He's writing incarcerated in prison. And this is what he says. Wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer. They've slandered me. They've said things against me. I suffer trouble as an evildoer. Even unto bonds. Even to being bound. Incarcerated. He said this word though. But. But. <laughs> I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're dealing with. But there's a conjunction that God wants to put in your life. And that is this. But the word of God is not bound. 
I may be held captive by doubt and fear. I may be held captive by an attack on my life. I may be held captive by physical situations or or illnesses or or things that come against me. I may be held captive by personal issues and relationship issues. But my my faith has got to say this, but the word is not bound. I might have to deal with some things that I don't want to deal with. And I I may be in some places that I don't want to be. uh, But yet I will say this, the word of God is not bound. I may be dealing with some things, but the Word is not dealing with some things. The Word is still quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. So right now, I want us to lift up our voice and begin to thank God. Thank you for listening to the MPC Podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.